0: Imagine you picked up the most important book in the world, a book with words that can transform hearts. Now, imagine when you opened up that book, it was full of highlights and notes in the margin, and so you could see how this book has transformed someone's heart. This is the Notable Podcast. These are discussions where pastors not only take seriously the biblical text, But they share what they've been underlining and highlighting, all of their notes that help them share the world's most important book, and how it's transformed their hearts, and how it can transform the hearts of the people you know. This is Season 5, Coming Forth as Gold, a reading of the Book of Job. You're about to hear a conversation between John and Tim Borman, twin brothers, both Christian pastors. Tim is a pastor in Queens, New York, and John is a pastor in Aiken, South Carolina. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us or hear more, visit NotablePodcast.com. That's N-O-T-A-B-L-E Podcast.com. Here's John and Tim.
1: Jonathan, there are certain events in bible history that there's a before and an after to them there's the biggest one i, I can think of actually is is uh, bc and ad now you know um liberal historians and stuff maybe don't want to talk about that anymore but the world certainly did change before Christ and after Christ there's a BC and there's there's an AD you could go all the way back to the garden of eden there's a there's a pre sin time in the world and there's a post sin time in the world and in our lives the, the same phenomenon is in effect i could talk about different events in my life that there's a pre timothy and there's a post timothy and because the event was so substantial, so faith-changing, so life-changing. And, and the same thing is true in the book of Job. There's a pre-tragedy, there's a pre-trauma Job. And Job, even at the end of the book, he's framed that way, where he lived 140 years after the pre-trauma Job and the post-trauma Job. And, and so what I'm hoping we can do Cause, cause I want to show, this is like black and white. This is, this is pre-trauma Job and post-trauma Job, um, and the theology and, and the way that he comes out as gold. Um, I want to just pour into pre-trauma Job so we can see him as he is before, before the worst day of his life. How does that sound to you? Wow. Wow. It's, it's powerful. It, it. That Even that idea just evokes something in you, not just in Bible history. I mean, you mentioned a bunch of of things in Bible history. And I might add to that the flood. You know, there's pre-flood yeah. and post-flood. Everything changes, the Tower of Babel. I mean, oh, whoa, we could talk about a million things. But I think not just identifying massive world events, but personal events is really important here, too. Um, there was the me before I got married and there's the me after I got married. There's there's the me. And, and so you think about um, not just traumatic events, but also great events in your life um, that are absolutely transformational for us. But I think here in Job, especially all of us have to think about there's a, there's that one day. And usually it's just a day, you know, it's just a day. It could be just a moment, a minute where you get that phone call that makes you fear picking up the phone anytime after 10 p.m. You know, you can, you can remember those days, right? And yeah. woo, Yeah. Wow. So here it is. Here it is. We're we're in Job chapter one. What we're going to do is we're going to we, we already picked up 1A. I'm, I'm actually going to read the whole thing. And I'm going to read through verse 5. And what we're going to do is we're going to get a characterization. Um, you see this in movies and novels and stuff like that. We're going to get a characterization or some character development of Job. Um, and like I, like I like that handle you gave us of pre-trauma Job. Here it is. In the land of us, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless. And upright, he feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. There it is. It's a beautiful pre-trauma job. Yeah, it's job. beautiful. Yeah, pre-trauma job. It- Right there in verse 1, you get a fourfold uh characterization of Job. Blameless, upright, feared God, shunned evil. How about that? Yeah, I mean this is God's best guy. This is this is God's best guy. He he is everything that God wants us to be. It doesn't mean he's not without sin. You know, we'll see that as the book goes on. He has the same sinful heart that all of us do, but he, he, it was a heart that had been won by God. It's an incredible thing. I, I actually wanted to, um, I think that helps us understand Job, but also it helps us understand his book a little bit, Jonathan, in the, in that when we get a description like that about Job, we're all of a sudden in the middle of wisdom literature. You know why I say that? Does that make sense to you? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. There's some key words in there. I mean, point them out. Get into well, it. Well, I mean, this is the, he's the proverbial man. He, he's, this is what Proverbs wants every man to become. Like not to leer at, at women and, and not to take advantage of the poor. Um, but ultimately, what's the beginning of wisdom? <laughs> to fear God. So, yeah, to fear God, so yeah. like and and shun evil. Mm-hmm. If we want to understand Job, we we want to read Proverbs next to it, and, and so that we can have we can have this theology. Because Proverbs is a book that says if you if you do the right things and you become the proverbial man, um, then then things are going to go well for you. Like if you train up your children in, in the way. Uh, that they should go, they're going to go the right way. That's what Proverbs tells us. And Job's going to have a little bit of a different perspective on that because Job is doing all the right things. He is the proverbial man. Uh, we're not. Let's not get into post-trauma Job yet, but um, things are going to go wrong for him, and it's not going to be his fault. Yeah, and and uh, so Timothy, I love that. I love that line. Wow, proverbial man. I I think that's exactly right. And I would add what you said. Not just proverbs, but we should read Ecclesiastes next to it, Psalms next to it, and and as New Testament Christians, I would actually add the book of James. James has a huge in, in, in terms of genre. Um, what's the big deal in James? What's James one five? Ask God for wisdom. And what's the what's James really about? Um, it's about what happens to you when the gospel pushes into every aspect of of your life. And in fact, if you read the book of James and then you read it next to, for example, Job thirty-one, where Job is going to lay down, uh, this is what's important to me. This is what morality looks like. This is what um, the proverbial man um ought to look like what does a whole human being a man of god really look like um if you read james and uh and and job 31 next to each other you get remarkable similarities care for the poor um no favorites um you know, you go. You can go point by point, right? Like point by point. What you have here is a picture of a whole person. And in fact, what, what I'll even point out is that we have a fourfold description here, not just a threefold. You know, in the Bible, um, when you have three testimonies about a person, um, that is a, that's a full a full on characterization. But here, we um, you, you got four testimonies. Uh, about Job. By the way, they're going to get repeated. They're going to get repeated just just later later in the chapter. Here, the Lord is actually going to say it himself. Um, and so, like you said, this is this is this is. In other words, here's what we're saying: Job knows how to do life. He does. Job's wise. Yeah, he's he's the proverbial man. And I, I just wanted to back up for a second and build on what you're saying. The reason why Job is in the canon where it is. Next to wisdom literature and poetry, it is because we're the shapers of the canon wanted us to read Job next to Proverbs. They they wanted us to read Job next to Ecclesiastes because each of those books has a different message. Like Ecclesiastes says, basically its message is something like this: It doesn't matter if you do all the right things; we're all going to die anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Proverbs yeah. says this. Do all the right things and life will go well for you. Those those are different messages. And then Job says this. It's it's somewhere in between those two books. Here we have a guy who did all the right things. He's the proverbial man. He shunned evil, he feared God, he's blameless and upright. And things may or may not go well for you. <laughs> so the bible it's it's more nuanced yeah the bible does not want us to view life or god in any kind of simplistic ways it's driving at mystery it's driving at mystery for us and to raise up faith well well and the other thing is and we pointed this out in in one of our introductory episodes is when we get a four-fold descriptor of this amazing godly man you know the one of the first things we say about is yes of course he's wrapped in jesus blood it's through faith that he's righteous and through faith alone clearly um faith is is running and excited in his heart uh but here you what you have here is a good guy who has bad stuff happen to him and what we have to do is we have to start pushing that into our hearts um to understand not just joe but also jesus Mm, and so, yeah. oh, hang, hang on to that <laughs> oh, idea. Goodness, I mean, this yeah. is a huge idea. Is what we're going to say? Uh, we have to hang on to this. What we're going to say is, we got an innocent sufferer on our hands. He's going to get something that he doesn't deserve. And so, this is a this is a very big idea. But per, but for now, what we have to see is that this proverbial man is being blessed in his life it seems like Um, proverbs right away like he does the right things and he's blessed that's yeah and it's really good trauma joke. and in fact like we could we could comb through each one of these details but but let's just take the camels for example uh we look we have to think like middle eastern people for a second i was on i was on youtube the other day are they dromedaries or what are the other ones called? yeah yeah (laughs) dromedaries you you can they they are um, these are like multi million dollar races now in in the Middle East. Dramat you watched the, camel the camels? Are... Yeah, I did. <laughs> 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 Go on you YouTube; serious? it's super interesting. I've never yes, even heard did. of such a thing. <laughs> I was studying I was studying horses actually in Job, and so I looked up anyway, and then it led me to camels. It was funny how I was surfing on like anyway, the Belmont but camels. But camels are a big like, deal. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Camels are a big deal. Look at, there's, there's 3,000 camels. And in fact, uh, one thing that is really interesting that the Lord does here, and we talked about it, we did a little bit of numerology, but numbers um, in a previous episode. But what you have here are very perfect numbers. Actually, when you do that adding up, of the different numbers and the different phrases they all add up to 10. And so you have uh, basically what's happening here is you have the Lord perfectly blessing Job. You know, he's experiencing what we would call biblical shalom. God is God is, you know, building out his life relationally. You know, his kids are doing well, obviously and we're going to have to talk about how well they're doing, but <laughs> um his, his his personal economy is being blessed. He's uh, people. Some commentators have a lot of problems with this. Like uh, clearly, Job is living in in multiple worlds. Like he he's a city man. He's also a country man. And people commentators are like, "Well, which one is it?" Well, he's both he's cosmopolitan. He's such a he's- <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's he's clearly like he's a city man and he's a country. He's man. a big he's, deal. He's too. nomadic. He's a big deal. He's got everything. It says in the text he's the greatest man among all the people of the east i mean he's he's a big deal he's a very big deal and by the way that i mean we have to keep that in mind when, when he takes his his great fall here uh coming up but we definitely have this picture of rounded out biblical shalom like everything is going the way it should for job um right now. And in fact, one last comment about that. And then I want you to jump in on me here, Timothy, because I'm talking too much. But you got, look at his family even. What's the biblical ideal for a family? It's seven kids. It's seven kids. So we, we should have kids. Yeah. So it's a, it's a perfect oh, number, right? I see. Seven's a perfect number. So we should pat our mom and dad on the back. Mom, if you're listening, congratulations, you have a <laughs> biblical family. <laughs> but actually what happens here is Job has 10 kids, and he has seven sons. And so you have this almost like Eber ideal family that the Lord has, has blessed him with. That's what, that's what I think uh, we should see here. Yeah, I, the only thing I would add is you pushed into the camels a little bit, and now I, I'm having visions of camel camel races <laughs> I just can't stab <laughs> that. One. But I wanted to push Sorry, into the donkeys listeners. a little bit. One of the one of the things that you can't notice unless you read this book in Hebrew is that we're it, that's a word that's talking about female donkeys. So which are which are better than male donkeys actually? That's why the biblical author made sure to let us know that that was a feminine word because female donkeys can reproduce. So it's saying like, it's astounding wealth, not only have 500 donkeys, but to have, um, just to, to put a number of the female donkeys, like the potential for wealth is just, it's just immense. Like Job's, Job's, what I'm saying is like, Job's wealth is, is, is being multiplied here. He's, He's not only wealthy as he is, but it, it just continues to grow. He's everything is getting monetized and exploding exponentially, and it's and it's life beautiful. is good. And life fact, is good. I he's the proverbial man. Yeah, yeah. Life is good. In fact, I, 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 we we need to characterize his kids in just a second, but but for now we should characterize uh, his re- just him and his relationship to his kids, and and um, point out here that he's first of all he's got a close relationship with his kids there's affinity with his kids his, his kids actually seem to enjoy maybe a little bit too much uh, hanging out together and so there is some idyllic family life going on here uh, even if we might have some questions about how the kids are using money and 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 their time and 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 things like that Uh but you definitely have this picture of of a blessed family life Yeah, um, at some yeah, level. Yeah, I think we should build on that and push into that. One thing that's interesting by its omission, and I don't think we want to make too much of this, but there's only two mentions of Job's wife in the entire book. One mention, we'll make a big deal of this when we get to it, in, in, in post-traumatic uh, Job, is uh is when when the wife his wife becomes an agent for Satan you know we're leading a little bit with that um and she says curse curse God and die the other one is is when his wife is um in Job's own words says that his breath stinks <laughs> which for me is like well <laughs> that's just a low blow <laughs> That's just a low blow now you. It's yeah, but uh for i don't think she, we, you know, we can I, make. i don't think we should make too much of it but i actually think we should i i think it's a for what it's worth uh, maybe you and i can agree to disagree on this but i i actually think that that's the narrative strategy here she's missing and then uh we're gonna find her jump into the narrative and She's characterized in exceedingly bad light. And then I believe that she doesn't show up um, in the epilogue for for a very specific reason. But um, we'll we'll come back around to that. Okay, so I'll I'll push right back on you, too. There's 20 reasons. I can give you 20 reasons why they must have had an okay marriage, though. 20. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. No, you're right. 20 kids. You're right. Um, But... (laughs) Uh, we can move on it's an interesting thing to think about um i think there's things we can say about marriage as we go through this book but not yet because she's just not there but the biggest deal is his spiritual characterization right here that's that's the biggest deal of all is what the what the narrator here is doing here doing is he's rounding out who is this man Job like who really is he and apparently he's a, he's a spiritual priest he loves his family and i want to i want to step aside for a second and actually not step aside at all but just ask everybody who's listening in on this what does this look like in your life what does it look like when you take up what i would call a spiritual family altar What does that look like for you? Um, You know, it. I I have one child uh, who's six, and I'll tell you what. Just, just, uh, I'm trying to put the Lord in her heart, and I'm, I'm, I'm laying out everything. I'm pouring everything into her. You know that I have. I'm giving her all the word I can, and I pray for her, and. This is to me. This is such an encouraging thing. I, I can relate to Job in that way. Is, is, uh, I'm praying for her even when she's not praying. Mm. Um, I'm giving her. You know, come on, Timothy, help me out. Speak into this. I mean, this is what's going on. These kids are hard partiers. Like they, they clearly get along. Like they're not, they're not a. Family that's got a lot of infighting. I think that's credit to the way Job raised his family. Like they like each other. That's I mean, that's that's really cool. They're they're always inviting each other over, and and the parties apparently were epic. You know, they apparently they were very epic. <laughs> <laughs> they would go on for days. And how, how about a week? How about a week's long birthday party? Yeah, like hey, Anybody come on over. over? <laughs> 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 like and. I don't actually have a real high view of what's going on here. Like, um, in, here's the challenge with he, any kind of old Testament literature is there's a lot of times you where things are described, but no judgment is made like, and, and that's true of like a lot of Hebrew narrative, like, Oh, this happened. And then how do we make heads or tail tails? it? was it right or wrong. A lot of times in, in the Bible, um, feasting can can be good you know when it's in celebration to the lord and his gifts other times it's not you know and it's just it's viewed as like jesus had a whole parable about how a guy was feasting and and partying and the poor were sitting at the gate um kind of like job scraping their ulcers and sores and um that guy's condemned so like should we condemn the children for their hard partying lifestyle it's hard to know it's it's in some ways ambiguous, um, but Job's worried about it. In, in fact, I find this interesting. The very first thing that Job does in the book, his very first action, is sacrifices after the parties of the children. The very first thing that Job says in the book in the entire book the first words are spoken in his heart like it's self talk it's not a prayer but he's muttering in his heart around 5 a.m. in the morning cuz he's he's losing sleep over this thing he's cuz it says it's very early in the morning early in the morning he says in his heart perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts so here's one thing that we can notice about job is he's he's got a, he's got some anxiety He's, he's, he's um, not comfortable with this, you know, and he's, he's worried about his kid's spiritual life. He's, he's a deeply sensitive spiritual man. I, I think we need to spend some time on Job 31 later. Um, but I think maybe for now, let's, let's move alongside these kids and ask ourselves a, a question when it comes to our parties. You know how hard are we are we going? How much feasting do we have, um, and what does that suggest about our spirituality? And and there's at least a question here about that. Am I am I like sinfully detaching from the problems of this world? Um, am I caring for the poor? Am I am I pouring out all these resources on myself without? Have I cursed God? Actually, have I become insensitive to? To what the Lord is doing in the world, what His heart cares about—that's um, the question, Look, right? That's on Job's heart. I want to—I want to just push into this and just sh- put this alongside some of my experience in New- in New York City. So, sometimes I go to church pretty early in the morning, and on Sunday morning, I'm I'm getting ready for worship. I'm thinking about the Word. I'm thinking about the sermon that's going to be preached. And literally, when I'm going to church. I see people walking home um, kind of slumped over each other, drunk. They're getting out of taxis and stuff uh, because they're getting done partying. And it's hard for me not to think about that um, when I read this section. Like, I think about Job's oldest son. He's heading home. It was another epic party. And and Job, he's blurry-eyed, and he's like, Whoa, that was really fun to go over to my little brother's house. And here's Joe. He's um building. He's building a fire early in the morning, and he's making sacrifices. It's a, it's an interesting thing, you know. What's what's it's a juxtaposition, yeah. right? Yeah. And we sh- we we have to build on this a little bit more. And really, it here here's what we got going on. We have this incredible business tycoon, right? This incredible this economical juggernaut that that Job was, and, and clearly his kids were, were benefiting from that. Um, and there's, there's a principle that, that we can draw out of this that Job is noticing right, right here, and, and that is as spiritually dangerous as suffering is, and we're going to deal with that concept in the rest of the book, just as dangerous, I would say, is spiritual success. And that can be, look, uh, you, you can, what I mean by success, you can put that in an economic uh, point of view, a moral point of view. Uh, you can put that in a relational point of view. anything that makes you feel successful uh, is dangerous to you spiritually. It, what it does is it makes you um, self, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, self-serving, um, it, it gives you too high a view of yourself when, when what self-sufficient is maybe the word I was looking for before, but basically what it does is it raises you up in your own eyes. I did this. I'm amazing. I deserve this. Um, I should have this. And, and and it blinds you, right? I deserve this. Those poor people over there didn't deserve that. Um, I've been doing well for myself. I can mm-hmm. enjoy this. And you don't care about anybody else. And, and, and much less god much less god. like you can forget about why should god I praise... you can stop loving god what you have everything you need mm-hmm. you have everything i i was just talking to somebody about that yesterday you know why should i why should i come to church my life's good why yeah i'm fine perhaps they've cursed god in their hearts right mm-hmm. and that's that's what, so success I think we all have to think about this success can take us just as far, um, perhaps farther from God more quickly than suffering can. By, by By another, you know, looking at it from Job's side, though, one thing that's really cool, and I think something to be emulated in Job, is like, here is the greatest man of the East, and what's the first thing that he's doing in the morning? He's not checking in on how many sheep you know we're born he's not running his business empire like he's he's not um pulling a jeff bezos and i i, I don't know like checking his email or something like that she's checking his stocks or tweeting yeah, or like he's he's not busy running his business empire or trying to get richer he's he's out there praying for his kids it's a cool thing to think well, about, you know. What he had his priorities right. That's what I'm saying. And what about the greatest man in all the world? What's he doing? He what did he do when he got up in the morning? He came to make a sacrifice for every sinner who went haywire. Absolutely. Yeah. Or he's praying on the mountain all night. Yes. Yeah. It's can look, the reason why I went there is this is convicting stuff. The blamelessness of Job, his prayers, his sacrificing his family, leadership, his his proper fear of success. There's a lot of wisdom here. And the only way that we can take it in properly in repentance and faith is to see that Jesus got up first thing, you know, and, uh, he became the whole burnt offering for us, covered everything for us. Um, whether we party too much or not. Yeah. And I see what you're saying. So whether, whether you're the hard, like we can identify with different characters in here, but whether you're the hard partying kid and and you're like, Ooh, maybe, you know, maybe I, uh, do a little bit too much of that. Or, or whether you're the parent that's like, man, I wish I, I prayed more for my kids and I, and I pushed God's word into their hearts more often. And you're convicted by that. Like, um, to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, you were perfect for me and you were the sacrifice for me. Um, and just to rest in that. Yeah. He was blameless for you, upright for you, fear God for you, and shunned evil for you. He was—he's the fourfold covering for your life. And we have to leave people with that. I—I I have to take that on and wear that. You know, I'm getting up early this morning and making an offering to God, and that's why I'm doing it because He loved me first. All right, you got to come back you got to come back. We're we got through five verses. we got Trauma Job coming up. Free Trauma Job <laughs> is in the books. And and now his life is going to change. Thanks for listening
0: to the Notable Podcast. Check out our other seasons to hear other people sharing their notes and highlights. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us or hear more, visit NotablePodcast.com. That's N-O-T-A-B-L-E Podcast.com. Thanks for listening.